0: Hi. As you know, I've written a book one of Exit Plan based on season one of the Exit Plan audio drama. I figured that for a special treat I would read a portion, a scene, so you get the the feeling of how the novel is different from the audio drama itself. Now this scene here is the protagonist's first encounter with a supernatural being. If you've been listening to the series, well I guess you'd recognise it. Here we go. Vic shuffled onward into the park. He disappeared behind bush and scrub as he rounded a bend, so I hurried through the car park and onto the path to not lose him. My crunching footsteps faded to lonely silence in the lengthening shadows. Over my right shoulder, I glimpsed the sun glowing red and orange as it neared the horizon between the trees. On my left was a pond. Or was it a lake? I didn't know what the cutoff in size was. I resolved to call it a pond for no other reason than it seemed odd to call it a lake here in the burbs. Vic took a left behind some trees around the corner of the pond. I rushed to the clump of trees to peer past it, hoping not to miss where the wandering man tottered. Just around the trees, about twenty or thirty metres away, Vic stood swaying gently like a blade of grass in an unfelt breeze. Ahead of him, a brick structure rose. It must have been a building like a utility shed or pump house. Built up against the pond, its all-brick construction had only small slits with obscured and barred windows up high. As it sank behind the shed, the sun threw deep shadows across the grass like spears of darkness thrust into the heart of a green-brown beast. Goosebumps crept up my spine and my gut clenched. A cold feeling made me take short, sharp gasps. Something was not right. A sane person would have turned and walked away at that point, but something in me, a rebellious streak stoked by being fired and rejected, held me fast. I watched in stunned silence as the door of the shack slowly, ponderously opened. I fumbled with my phone to get the camera going to film the surreal scene so I could know it was really happening. From the black moor of the open shed, a figure resolved. I had to blink a few times to be sure. I even rubbed my eyes like you see people do in the movies when they witness something unbelievable. The pale, bald man I saw emerge from the shed was not showing up on my camera. I checked the footage later, and sure enough, it showed Vic staring at an open and empty doorway. The man that came out into the gloom of the approaching evening had not even a wisp of hair on his head, and there was something messed up about his face. As far away as I was, I couldn't see exactly what was wrong, but there seemed to be heavy creases around his eyes and mouth. It was too distant to make out clearly, but I was certain he wasn't touching the ground. He drifted out of the doorway like he was delicately riding a gentle breeze. Vic stood swaying slightly back and forth like a living metronome. The moroi was monstrous. I finally realized what he looked like and what he reminded me of. He looked like the monster from that old movie Nosferatu. Pointed ears adorned the sides of his smooth head, and he had deep creases around his mouth, and his eyes were just plain wrong. Gorge rose in my throat at the sight, and the realization of what it meant. I checked my phone again, and still, there was nothing on it. Just Vic and the shed. A quick movement caught my eye as he armoured, Totally wrapped guy who had been following Vic on the train, stepped from the trees on the other side of the shed. I'd forgotten about him and frowned, wondering when I'd lost track. He pulled a long rod from under his clothes and pointed it at the monster. With a heavy thwack, he fired his spear gun. That's what the rod was, a spear gun. The spear buried itself in the chest of the Maroi, no use pretending the monster was anything else. The heavily clad man hauled the cord attached to the spear and thus the moroi, hand over hand. The moroi looked at the spear protruding from the side of its ribs dispassionately. The moment it crossed from the shadow of the shed into the last dying light of the sun, it let out an awful scream. I raised my arm to cover my face as the monster exploded into fire. Sweat instantly broke out on my forehead and chest as the intense heat of the conflagration hit me. When I lowered my arm from my eyes, there was nothing left. In a matter of no more than two seconds, the Moroy had burnt up, leaving fine, white ash drifting in the still air. With a grunt, Vic awoke. He staggered a few paces, then bent over and vomited hard. I stepped back and threw out a hand to grab the tree I was next to, at the shock of what i just witnessed. The spear gunner, having picked up his spear, turned and ran back around the other side of the pond. As Vic began walking, almost jogging, away from the shed, I recovered my wits. The sun, slowly slipping out of sight, cast deep shadows through the park and made my heart skip at the thought of what might be lurking. I ran. I ran all the way back to the train station, keeping to the sunlit streaks between the shadows as much as I could. All this time, I had thought this man on the train was just an idiot or something. I was so wrong. I have to say, props to all those uh, audiobook voice actors out there. It's not nearly as easy as it seems. So there you go. That was the scene in episode four. And in the book, it's chapter four, where the main character, whose name we have not learnt, is uh, confronted with this scene of a basically a monster or a vampire or a was a moroi was dragged out into the sun and burst into flames by this mysterious heavily clad individual for those of you who have listened through the end of season two you'll have learnt who that hunter was and what was going on there but at this point in the story no idea so that's book one it's called this is my exit plan it's available on amazon and probably it's available elsewhere, I guess, but, you know, just get yourself to Amazon. The easiest way to find it, though, is to go to shop.gravityundone.net. From there, you can click on books, or you can click on the big banner ad or whatever, and you can find your way to my book through my shop. The handy thing there is that you will be going to Amazon to buy it, but then I also get listed as the affiliate, and so actually get a little bit of money out of the transaction. I've set the price as low as I can do it uh, to cover cost and I would really be tickled pink for people to go out and buy it. Because you'd be supporting me. I would be able to pay the servers that I host on. I'd be able to perhaps buy some sound absorbent foam to put around my microphone so that I have an easier time recording things without reverb and i'd be able to uh, help other people generate this you know fantasy stories science fiction uh, or discuss topics of interest from history and science if you haven't yet you can check out my other podcasts i've got my creativity that's a podcast about my creative process it's about how i get inspired it also includes interviews with creative peoples, such as I've got a computer game developer, Aaron Guinnare. Uh, he's also a music instructor. Uh, there's a singer called Fox Ward and how she manages her band. Uh, there's also a an author. I've got an interview up on my creativity. And coming up shortly on my creativity will be an interview with Casey Whalen, the creator and producer of the We're Alive audio drama and the soon-to-be-released Gold Rush. Uh, He's done a bunch of other stuff as well, Uh, a lot of audio production, and he's made some really interesting points in his interview, so that'll be coming out in a couple weeks' time. My other podcast, so my third one, is called Space Brains. Uh, My co-host and I, we joy-watch science fiction movies and tell you what was good and what was great about them. Now the difference between this and a normal review show is we're not trying to give you a rating you know, out of 5 or 100 or anything like that. We're not trying to tell you anything bad about these movies. We're trying to tell you what's great about science fiction and what's great about science fiction films in particular. So we go into watching these films and we've done some mainstreams as well as some classics uh, and some independent type stuff. And we go in with the intent of enjoying the film experience. And so we've done reviews on Alien, this is the 40th anniversary, on 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is, I guess it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, which supposedly Kubrick filmed. Both myself and my co-host highly doubt that to be the case. Uh, We've also done uh, film reviews of such things as The Darkest Dawn, Revolt, Equals, Passengers, and so on. So check that out if you like to hear about what's really exciting and interesting about science fiction and science fiction movies. So Season 3. When is Season 3 of Exit Plan coming out? I have now got enough of the voice actors' recordings back in. I've got all the main characters in, and I've got the scripts all sorted. I'm just starting to edit them together. So it's going to be a couple more weeks yet, because as quick as I can do things... It does take time, and Season 3 is uh, a more ambitious project than seasons 2, which itself was more ambitious than Season 1. So I'm hoping that Season 3, it's got more action, it's got a lot more dialogue between all of these different characters, and we also see the resolution of the overall arc uh, with Beatrice and Margardiel, and we see how it all comes together and ends with what I hope to be a very interesting and entertaining ending. Thank you very much for listening to me. Remember, you can follow on Twitter at Gravity Undone and you can also get onto gravityundone.net or shop.gravityundone.net if you'd like to support me. Thank you very much and see ya. <laughs>